Hi, welcome to another episode of the Rebind.io podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. I'm the assigning editor over at Rebind. And today I am joined by... Hello, my name is Dio and I am the lead artist at Coffee Talk. And I'm AJ. I'm the sound designer or sound engineer, or you can call me audio director because I'm the only one, uh, the only sound guy here in, in the studio. And uh, I also a uh, game producer in Toge. So a lot of our audience probably knows Toge for uh, the newly released Coffee Talk, which is kind of like a little like, how have you been pitching it? It's kind of like a visual novel a little bit, but I think there's a little more to it. Um, yeah, um, Coffee Talk is uh, like a visual novel and... Um, it's uh, we call it more like um, heart to heart talking to barista simulator kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and where um, we play it as the barista and we hear and listen to the customer story and problems and and we try to um, fix their problems by serving them drinks. So it's a little little part bartender, a little part psychotherapist. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Some say that um, coffee and therapy. <laughs> yeah. So being that Rebind is sort of uh, based in Seattle these days, it's kind of surreal seeing people make games about this region from other parts of the world. What was that like doing the sort of the research for that and like getting everything to position? Yeah, um, it's um, we have never been to Seattle, so um, we have, but we have an extensive research on Google Image, of course, <laughs> and <laughs> we Google that about like um, that Starbucks um, is the first coffee shop there, and then we use Google Street and see that. Oh, uh, this is where the uh, coffee shop is placed, and and I take a look and take uh, some screenshots about it, and yeah, well, that's that's from the reference <laughs> for the for the coffee shop. And Dio, what was that like, sort of working from those references and things like that? Like, could you talk a little more about the artistic process involved in capturing that atmosphere and the characterization of Seattle? Oh yeah. Uh, first of all, um, I'm not a cafe regular by myself. Actually, I have some problems drinking coffee, but I love coffee shop. I love the vibe, and Seattle is um, from what I see in in Google Google Street is uh, cool and um, with all the rainy moods and stuff. And uh, I think that's um, cooperate with the chill and vibe cafe we want to player to experience so much and yeah we're, we're trying to collect as many as possible um cafe images and the interiors and the outside and um we try to combine it and i guess uh, that's what we seen in the coffee talk <laughs> i guess that's much so 
it's kind of funny too because of the very like sort of like pseudo fantasy setting that's going on combined with like sort of a contemporary it's uh it's very evocative of a uh, shadow run which is i think a lot of shadow run is set in seattle actually yes yeah 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 i think i think we're trying to add fantasy fantasy in our real life just like shadow run too of course yeah <laughs> so uh, for sort of our audience to help get a picture of like the the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, what's Tokyo Productions like? Uh, kind of give us a, a. It seems to be that there's a little bit of in house production. There's a little bit of publishing that happens with Toge. Uh, tell tell us about that. So yeah, actually, Toge uh, first started as a studio, like other indie studios. So we developed uh, from the Flash. And we're, we've been doing this for almost several years until 2017, I think. Then we want to, you know, expand our business. So then we, we saw the opportunity to be a publisher because um, Indonesian indie studios, we, we actually, uh, the studios were actually booming. Like, there's, there were so many studios, like, established in several years because uh, they saw the opportunity to be successful in indie game business. So mm-hmm. then uh, we, we saw their struggles in doing their business. So then uh, we, try, we, we decided to be publishers so we can, we can help with funds. With, uh, we, we can consult them to, to make a very good design of a game. Then we we also help to market to, to do the marketing stuff and help help them uh, sell the game especially to to uh, overseas, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much work has there been done with like sort of overseas partners? I know that you mentioned uh what was it? Uh Necro um it was Necronator. Yeah, Necronator. Okay, yeah. Mostly uh, our overseas partners were publishers like Armor mm-hmm. Games. We've been, we we did for the Infectinator series with Armor Games. So they publish uh, on their website when we, we were doing it for Flash, as a Flash game. Mm-hmm. And then we still continue uh, working together with, with them for several other Infectinator series and also Necronator. And then we also have partnered with Modern Wolf from UK mm-hmm. for our latest uh, project, the Necronator Dead Room. Mm-hmm. So, and was yeah. that something that all of you reached out to them or were these like sort of things that they had reached out initially on? Like how did those uh, partnerships come to be? Probably. Um, I'm not sure because Chris and uh, know more about this, but mm-hmm. maybe when we were still in the in the flash, uh, we were doing the flash game. I think they saw Armor Games saw us uh, with a very good product, so they might decide to work together with us uh, to publish our Infectinator series, and they love it, and so. Still continue to do that till now. 
mm-hmm. for the Infect Manager 3, especially, yeah. And what has it been like uh, trying to, I mean, so for for us here in, in North America and the UK and things like that, I think we're so used to having all this infrastructure in our backyard that being like super accessible to us that I'm kind of curious, like how, what is it, what are the obstacles and challenge in the marketplace and in business that people face when they don't have the same kind of access to that? I mean, how has it been for Togi Productions sort of trying to like deal with things like marketing on platforms like Steam and maybe, you know, dealing with stuff like Itch and, and just sort of interfacing with sort of like the rest of the world on that front? Uh, yeah, fortunately, we have access to the Steam, of course, but uh, maybe we didn't get enough support from government. So we did all the stuff by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for the infra- infrastructure stuff, I think we're still having a good access. Access. I mean, not like the other uh, unfortunate countries, but <laughs> uh, we're still doing great right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe, deal. you can add something a little bit. <laughs> um, maybe comparing to other countries that um, being our neighbor. Um, some of countries that uh, the government really knows that there is a game industry in their country and they try to help it. And uh, that's a growing, growing industry but, um, in, in their country. And but in Indonesia, well, to be honest, I've seen uh, some changes. I mean, it's a good changes from the last. Uh, if we compare to the last maybe five years, um, now the the government is trying to help us by a little, um, not not financially, but uh, maybe bring us to the. Uh, huge, huge convention like like uh, or maybe PAX or something, and oh, and also uh, last year's Gamescom. I guess there's a uh, uh, our government um, is involved too, and and uh, there's a booth uh, in a in a Gamescom. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess that's the that's the biggest. Um, the hardest part in being a game developer in Indonesia, but but it, that's just in my opinion, and um, we're not used to have the technology and uh, curriculums over the college, our college life, and um, maybe in the US and the UK we can learn about game industry and game technology in our university. And mm-hmm. but in but in Indonesia, uh, it's there are several universities that already teach about game technology and and game marketing, but um, it's it's still on the big cities like Jakarta and maybe Bandung or Surabaya, but not all over Indonesia. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very much so like a self starter culture. If this is something you want to get involved in. Yes, yes, and we have to we have to learn it from internet. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. But we we also we are also very lucky actually because Chris uh, took 
a minor for uh, game technology in in Australia. Mm-hmm. So you know when actually uh, Togi started when my friends there when they uh, learned about the game technology and then they started to make the uh, game studio because Chris also uh, has a passion to to make game. Mm-hmm. So we. Ca- we're kind of actually uh, un- uh, fortunate to to have Chris uh, have you know have this kind of skill from the start. So then after that, we surely need to learn by ourselves from internet, like Dio said. Yeah. So now that. Uh coffee talk has come out and and that's been kind of like i know that's been like sort of like a i don't know if i want to call it a flagship uh title but uh i think like how has uh public reception been for that uh, it's so awesome i mean compared to our other games this is like wow like we we saw public reactions like everywhere they they just love it they told us that they really enjoy playing the game, and it's like we will never experience uh, this kind of feeling before, like for our other games. So this, yeah, this is amazing. You know, that's super awesome. Uh, could you kind of tell tell us a little bit about what it was like moving from, you know, it it seems to me like. Coffee Talk is definitely a little bit different from the stuff that you might have been producing in the past. So what was like new in that process? What did it feel like changing to like something like a visual novel and, and doing that? Like how did your production process have to change and what were some of the lessons that you learned from that? Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's that's really a great challenge. You know, we I mean, initially we we want to make this game as quick as possible, like in six months, but uh, apparently, there's so many stuff and things that we need to learn, and you know, trial and errors, and there's so many things that we have to do that we don't know before. So uh, it's it's very challenging. You know, we deal. Want to say something? <laughs> um, yeah, Coffee Talk was started as a. Uh, game jam the product of our game jam internal internal game jam and um i was kind of surprised that uh that the the whole company is uh encouraging us to okay coffee talk is your is our next project and whoa this is so much different than we used to do um especially a story-based game is our this is the first time that we have a story-based game, and uh, we can see that um, uh, our our writer Fahmi, uh, we have to mention him, that he's uh, doing a great job in uh, making the story, and maybe maybe there this is our first, so we kind of bit. Um, the timeline is a bit stretchy from six months to one year to one year to two years now and I hope we can I really hope we can we can deliver what 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 we've been planned and I hope we give the players a good experience in coffee talk 
Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's a very great challenge to us to switch from strategy to uh, visual novel kind of. Yeah, we're trying to you know tap other markets that we never did before. So this is quite a challenge. This is um, a chance for us to know how the market looks like and I think stuff like that. That's that's super exciting that it's gotten a lot of notice because I know that in the long run, it has definitely been a case that I think... So when I go on Itch and I'm looking for games and I'm sort of looking for things we don't come across too often uh, in, in Western press, especially in things like that, uh, Indonesia for sure, but the entire Southeast Asia region is just really overlooked for that stuff. And so it's been really refreshing the past few years, especially, but I think with like the kind of coverage that Coffee Talk has gotten across like places like PC Gamer and, and elsewhere, it's just been like, it's so flourishing and it's, it's such a breath of fresh air and, and super refreshing to see that actually get the coverage and support that it needs. It seems like audiences are kind of growing their, their horizons into like all over the globe and not just focusing on sort of the trifecta of like the US and the UK and Australia. Cause that's something that we've had a big problem with over here is we just get like <laughs> so hyper-focused on when it's in our backyard. Uh, yeah. I mean, we saw very big, you know, yeah. Everything is doing great here in Southeast Asia. More and more uh, talented people just really show off their talent they're doing really great in make, creating this uh, great product and do great marketing. So people uh, overseas know games from Southeast Asia is also like super awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the international events out there like PAX and Gamescom is really giving us uh, from Southeast Asia a chance, a better chance to show show our our products so that um, we from Southeast Asia also can make good games, uh, interesting games to play and give uh, the international market a fresh look of the games. And yeah, I think international events uh, give a major part about that too. Yeah, and it's funny because here with these events in our backyard, it's always quite a bit of controversy as to how much people like them or benefit from them because I think everyone at this point recognizes stuff like, especially like GDC or, or PAX is even expensive for people within the countries that they take place in, let alone outside of them where there's all kinds of barriers ranging from like getting... Uh, visa and immigration permission and on top of that just the travel costs and and the fact that the currencies are in no way like sort of balanced you know like what is a thousand dollars here in america which is somewhat reasonable for people in our tech profession can i'm sure come across like at times like an extraordinary hurdle elsewhere uh and and gdc has gotten better about that the past few years offering programs and there's been a lot of organizations that have gotten involved to sort of like equalize that opportunity and make that more open and accessible to people. But it, it's it's kind of funny hearing 
from someone talk about how much of a boon that has been for recognition because very much so our press and to a lesser extent, a lot of our development community, especially in Indies, is just like, you don't have to go to GDC. GDC is not super important. And I I was probably a voice of dissent in, in my community for being like, well, I see a lot of problems with GDC, but I, the site, you know, Rebine and, and myself personally as a developer found it incredibly invaluable. And I can see how those connections are super invaluable anywhere. So. I think it's one of those situations where we can't quite throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's it's nice to hear from people who have benefited from it very well. Um, because I think like it it's really easy to snub the concept of a big developer conference, especially like in, in the West when it has this sort of established presence. But it's also kind of a case of that can be a great opportunity when maybe the traction hasn't been there for social media. Because I think Something we probably don't talk about enough when it comes to game marketing and, you know, sort of like having any business opportunities anywhere in the global market is that maybe five, 10 years ago, it was a lot easier to one, get a viral tweet or a viral social media post. Uh, It was a lot easier to get followers and to build up accounts. It seems now very much so that like, if you somehow get lucky to have that momentum on social media or any of the marketing venues that we yeah. use, you're you're good. But starting out now is so so difficult. It it's really a, a huge walk uphill before you reach that point of getting some momentum. And events like those kind of help you circumvent that because it's like even if I have no followers on a social media account, I can go and talk to like twenty. 50 people, especially if you have an opportunity like a a government-sponsored pavilion um, where all these developers can get together under one umbrella and be able to not only have access to the show, but be face-to-face with demos and everything with people, uh, that that has to be invaluable. So, yeah. um, Well, actually, we as uh, small indie studios, I think we've got to be smart. We Mm -hmm. really use... Twitter extensively to market to do the market uh, for uh, marketing for our games. Um, you have to be smart, you know. You really have to know how to use Twitter uh, properly, and you know, there's something that we should know. Um, thanks to the Twitter, uh, we we also have to build uh, hypes from when we start a project. Mm-hmm. So from from that time to time, you know, we we just uh, gradually introduce everything that we we did to the project, and that's really that we really want to do for our every project to build hype from the start. So mm-hmm. just let everybody know, and so that they will just let their friends or their relatives know about our games too. So yeah, I mean. We got to be smart to, to use that to to use some methods and or ways so people will will get will be aware of our games. Mm-hmm. And that's something I noticed specifically with Coffee Talk was that there was a really good slow drip build up from as you said the start where everything slowly built up layer by layer. And because you had that sort of consistent presence going on and also really attractive art style, uh, it, it really helped <laughs> yeah. to 
it felt like for a while there, everywhere I looked, I saw Coffee Talk. And that was really, really nice to see. Uh, because again, I'm so used to everywhere I look, I'm seeing like AAA games and you'd be able to mm-hmm. like just... A lot of it also has to do with the kind of uh, people I follow on Twitter and things like that. And the fact that I'm already embedded within indie circles, but even still... It's like you run into this issue of like seeing the same old games over and over, but having stuff like Coffee Talk pop up and be such a consistent presence in the ecosystem was like really, really exciting because again, it's like finally something new and different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, kind of funny that if we um, um, joining a convention here in Indonesia and people uh, say the art style is um why 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 is it pixelated why why not not um as good as league of legends or something uh, mm-hmm. but hearing from you it's really nice to hear that uh it's uh, the art and the art style is uh, ref- refreshing <laughs> yeah well i think that's actually a really good point uh the cultural landmarks that cultures outside of like our our domestic markets here in the US um, are exposed to a completely different set of foundations, right? Because of the way that like sort of these games have propagated all over the globe and the technology is propagated. So um, for us here, it's very much so that like pixel art, especially when done well, is a tasteful, like super stylistic choice. You know, it's it's no different than doing like watercolors or like an oil painting right it's it's sort of the same sort of visual language of like you just make a choice to to do things in a certain style and it's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to hear that that's not as well understood elsewhere and um have you have you like struggled with that with like sort of domestic marketing like have people been in the style because it just looks nice or have you how much of that like sentiment have you gotten um maybe we uh i don't think that our games is um quite being marketed in indonesia and uh, mostly our our players come from overseas like uh mm-hmm. america and and europe and so um, most of people most of players gamers in indonesia is playing games from us and Japan or so, so mm-hmm. um, but for the first time, I guess um, Coffee Talk is quite have the media, local media attention in Indonesia. So maybe this mm-hmm. could be a chance to um, give the Indonesian market see the, the the other the other perspective of maybe the art style and such and and, and see what we are we are really doing right now. And the gamers that are in Indonesia, uh, what what's popular over there? What's been like really influential? Um, how how much like? Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of studios started up because people realized that they could be indies. But how like you know uh, over here, for example, you know, there's a certain subset of gamers that only know the AAA stuff, and then they know some of the like more popular indie games, and then there's a subset of like people like us and the site and I think largely on Twitter where we we look for a lot of the smaller things. Um, how much of a presence do those respective things have in Indonesia? Um, well, well, being most of 
Indonesian gamer is playing mobile games and triple mm-hmm. uh, A games right now. Uh, but I know some people is uh, looking for indie games that um, Indonesian Indonesian company Indonesian studio that uh, have produced. Um, I think it's getting more popular here now, but but it's not it's not as popular as the triple A games and mobile games. But I think Indonesian gamers is now now aware that uh, the style is the 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 Indonesian game is also also good. For example, that um, the game with our uh, sister studio in Mo- Mojiken Studio. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A space for the Unbound, which you can play the prologue now in Steam. It's uh, it's a great art, has a great taste of Indonesian culture there. Um, I think I think it's it's um, it's going to boom also in 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 Indonesia because because of the the setting, the 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 world is taking taken place in Indonesia and so I think gamer in Indonesia will uh, look at that and will try to play the game mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's great for us as external audience as well because you know uh, this is kind of a thing that came up on Twitter a while back but it was this idea of like people are increasingly tired of games being set in the same places too so the fact that like Indonesian studios can be, bring a little bit of that representation of the environment there and sort of like the unique cultural traits and, and bring that to the international market a bit. I mean, like, it gets kind of exhausting seeing art games just be in the same places when we have this big, wide world we could be exploring full of narratives and, and different ways of telling stories. So... It's it's super exciting to hear that. I really enjoyed uh, Mojikin's uh, most recent release. What was that? Uh, Divination. Divination was really exciting. Um, oh, nice. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm really excited for this upcoming release of theirs. Um, so, what do you think the the future of Tokyo Productions is? The future of Tokyo Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, we also like set our mind. So, I mean. Uh, we we see that uh, game game like strategy simulation and uh, uh, man- management have still have a very big market. So we we're going to you know focus on that genre, and this is yeah we we started from like we 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 also always. Uh, have advantage in game mechanics and strategy and I mean we have uh, experience making like uh, older Nectronator and Infectionator they, they are, we, we can call it strategy so from then uh, we saw we saw the opportunity in the, in the market that we, we think that strategy Simulation and management is still strong. So in the future, we kind of like want to focus on that kind of market. Uh, but we, we're still open to game like, you know, uh, Coffee Talk as well, like making another writing games. Uh, so we're going 
you know, we, we just have to know what the market wants right now. So, so yeah, extensive market market research is a uh, is a major point in in making games. So I guess um, we we have uh, we. We have planned that we are going to focus on strategy or simulation games, but yeah, I, I guess I guess if uh, the audience said, "Hey, uh, your game Coffee Talk is good, but why not we are making other heavy narrative games?" <laughs> yeah, we'll see in the future, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of the part that I think is great about. Tokyo Productions is that you are willing to branch out a little bit and step outside your comfort zone in terms of like, obviously you have this great like history of making like strategy and simulation type games, but you're also willing to just like throw something at the wall and experiment with like visual novels or experiences or things that are a little off the beaten path in that regard. And I think that helps contribute longevity to indie studios in the long term, uh, just for the fact that having that that diversity gives you a little bit of a robust portfolio. I mean, there's some studios that build themselves up in a name of only doing one thing forever, but it's nice to embrace that level of agility that you have as a small indie to be flexible with some other genres and stuff, depending on where the market is pivoting to an extent. Uh, (laughs) it, it, It sounds like you all have like a very wonderful operation over there and that things have been going pretty well for you the past few years uh, it's been great for me uh, working for coffee top i've been in Togi production since 2012 and mostly mm-hmm. we're making strategy games infectonator infectonator survivors and and now at end 2018 we decided to make a heavy narrative games where i am the only artist in there so i i be i was yeah i was i was the lead artist because i'm leading myself <laughs> and, but, but, but i i also got help from uh artists from our companies too, too uh henry Rusley and artists from Ojiken. and but yeah i guess it's to be honest, it's quite refreshing to have uh, something outside your comfort zone, like you said, and try things out. And, and uh, we we were a bit nervous at the first time that oh, uh, is Coffee Talk is going to be a good game? How how players uh, think about it and stuff? And but when we see now the how the audience react it's quite mm, i'm i'm happy to see i'm happy to see what the players have been react so so far yes it it's really good timing too because i think as a global trend there has been much more of a shift now that we've been very much so like uh saturated with action games for many many years um that there there's a shift towards narrative stuff and people are kind of going like I want something comfy and cozy that doesn't necessarily like require me to have all this adrenaline all the time, right? Something that can, you know, yeah. set me in this mood and, and bring me into a world. Yeah, apparently a lot of people just told us that they really carve for this kind of game, you know, like with very chill atmosphere. I mean, a lot of people also told us that 
they have struggle in their times, like they're having so much trouble in their lives. But when they play our game, I mean, it can ease their feeling. I mean, they can feel better. So we're really grateful to hear those people uh, saying that thing to us. So yeah, it's it's awesome. You know? Especially since a lot of the narrative deals with a lot of interpersonal and social issues, it's it's a good sort of uh, canvas that they can project onto, see a little bit of themselves, and maybe like think about their own problems in a different way. You know, it's it's funny that the game is about talking people through their problems. It's kind of like also therapeutic for the player in a way, because uh, a lot of sort of like talking, you know, more more narrative focused stuff uh, tends to focus on, you know, on like one character going through their own personal trials and things like that. But is this you're you're getting a wide range of different characters to talk to and a bunch of different stories. And so it sort of gives you this like a uh, sliced up perspective of of understanding that not only do you maybe have struggles in your life, but so do other people and you all kind of have these common threads together. Uh, that's sort of an exciting deviation from a lot of the narrative games that we've been seeing. And I think that's why Coffee Talk is resonating everywhere because uh, yeah. it it's a nice approach that's a little bit different and it, and it throws something new into the mix. Uh, and yeah. and I think that's that's you've definitely tapped into something there with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, Coffee Talk was uh, the story on on every characters in Coffee Talk was a big collaboration of what our guys in the studios have been experienced. It's uh, some kind of real life real life experience that we all have and at some point we actually make a role play uh, so maybe Andrew you be Georgie like maybe Dio you be Bayless and 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 see what you think if you put uh, in in this kind of situation and let's see how us react so maybe it's a it's a, a real life experience too that makes uh coffee talk is quite uh uh the characters in coffee talk is quite colorful mm-hmm. yeah i guess uh, i guess that's uh that's the part well it's good to have a little truth in in the mix of everything is i think that lends it a more grounded quality it's very uh it comes across authentically because of that you know it's uh, people take for granted uh, how much skill goes into writing and especially writing good, believable narratives because, you know, you have to basically have a bunch of people living in your head, right? You know, and you have to sort of yeah. simulate everything that happens to them. So when you have a, a group, a studio of people who can come together and sort of like interject their own experiences, it, it offloads a lot of what would maybe be overlooked otherwise in terms of how the story is crafted. Keep things believable, keep that from things getting to, um, how to put it, un- unbelievable, unrealistic, you know, even, and sometimes that can be little things. Things can get uncanny real quick if you're not pulling on enough different life experiences. And that's probably the challenge in writing Coffee Talk, right? Because you yeah. are dealing with so many different story threads and how those characters overlap and interact. And it's very challenging, you know. So that's why we decided to, to get everyone uh, 
uh, together and assign roles and we trying uh you know you have to be that person you have to be this person like Bill said and I think it's really helpful for us to uh create the story and the dialogue and it the feeling fun. you know yeah it was fun challenging but very very fun yeah well, this has been like super duper fascinating and it's been great having you both on. I really appreciate you both like carving out some time and everything. Um, is, is there anything else you'd like to, to cover while you're here? Uh, things that have been like on your mind lately, especially in relation to production, any, any anecdotes you'd like to share? What? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, just, uh, I, I guess just show your, 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 story and your um, project if you are a game developers uh, wherever you are and um, there's a lot of game portals out there like HIO and stuff to show your your products there and maybe um, maybe you can show them internationally internationally so yeah uh, the platform is there and wherever you are you can I can go internationally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me lately, uh, I just realized that community is also an important part of our journey for our studio. So, oh, yeah, I'm, we saw, I'm in so yeah. many different like game server discords, and every stop, I, time I stop yeah. by yours, it's it's so active, it's it's flourishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you you have such an amazing ecosystem there. Yeah, yeah. We just let everyone talk about everything, and we 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 are also there to you know help us or share everything um, with them. Uh, so yeah, it's very very interesting, and we're so happy that we have our Discord so active, and people just talk about everything there, <laughs> and it's really helpful to to have them there yeah well that's super exciting stuff thank you so much for joining me uh normally we thank you so much for taking the time to uh agree to come on the show because it's just try to get a variety of different voices on here uh why don't you tell everybody where they can follow both of you and also target productions projects in general so um you can follow my twitter on uh, at Drew Jeremy, maybe I can spell it like N D N D R U J E R E M Y, and you can follow. You, you can open our website too, sagiproductions.com. And uh, what else do? Uh, yeah, uh, for Coffee Talk, you can follow us at coffee talk underscore game at twitter and for myself is at i underscore am underscore do dio um yeah i guess of course don't forget about discord oh yeah yeah join our discord too uh Tokyo productions and hang on. have fun hang out together <laughs> some good talk there. <laughs> And for everyone listening, I'll be sure to throw these links in the show notes as well. So even if you missed one of those, it'll all be available to click on in the show description. Uh, 
Yeah, well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. This thank has been fantastic and really exciting opportunity. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. This is the first time I've been in a yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, the first time. <laughs> Super excited. Wow, it's amazing. Glad to yeah, be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And of course, to our audiences listening, thank you too for showing up and supporting not just all the developers that we interview, but also for supporting the site and independent media journalism. You can find Rebind, as always, at rebind.io and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash rebind. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.